hello and welcome to Rafi's Roundup. I'm, of course, your host, Rafi, and on this show I talk about whatever the heck I want to talk about. Today's show, we're going to be reporting on some news regarding the Harley Quinn cartoon show. Uh, I have a quick pitch for a Transformers movie, and we're going to talk about this week's weekly Z-Lister. Great segment. I had fun with that last week. Um, as far as updates for what's going on here on the home front, uh, the, the same old. <laughs> Not much has changed. I've been playing a lot of Super Mario Sunshine, and that's been fun slash infuriating. Um, yeah. Oh, um, if, you know, it... If by some chance you are a fan of the Digimon content we do at, here at the Panel Biter, uh, me and the guys are actually going to be recording another Halloween special very soon. So look forward to that. That'll be on YouTube. That'll be on the Panel Biter anchor page. And uh, yeah, with all that out of the way, uh, we can get right into the news regarding the Harley Quinn show. So, upon further research into uh, today's news topic, it kind of, uh, <laughs> the topic itself sort of expanded. So, originally, I was going to basically rant. This is, this is both a Raffi Reports and a Raffi Rants. Um, basically, I was going to talk about how the Harley Quinn cartoon show, which has been excellent, I love that show, um, instead of getting a season three on DC Universe, the... Um, the DC streaming app, it's actually being moved over to HBO Max. Now, upon a little bit more research, and, like, I, I knew a little bit about this general topic, but I, I read more into it recently. So, the DC Universe app, which has been out since 2017, is actually getting, like, a remodel. Uh, basically, in 2021... The DC Universe app will go from a streaming app to a comic book streaming app, uh, which is exclusively just for DC Comics. Um, and then all of their original content, so Harley Quinn, Titans, Doom Patrol, which is already over there, um, Young Justice Season 4, and Stargirl are going to be moved over to HBO Max. Um, I knew a little bit about this before, like I said, I knew... Uh, Doom Patrol was being moved to the HBO, I knew, uh, Harley Quinn was getting moved over there. I didn't know they were all being thrown over there. Um, so I guess that's, that's today's, like, topic now. So, basically, a full overview here. Again, the DC Universe app came out in 2017. They launched it with a live-action Titans show, which is terrible. Um, they launched it with a Young Justice Season 3, which is, like, a huge deal because Young Justice was a cartoon a lot of people loved, myself included, that kind of died off early because, basically because of toy sales is what really killed that show. They brought it back for a third season, which, like, never happens, uh, and they put that in the, DC, the DCU app. Um, then again, you had Harley Quinn, and, and Doom Patrol was a, a huge breakout success, and, I don't know, I thought the app was doing okay, but I guess it's not. I know they had a Swamp Thing show for a little while, but due to budget reasons, they had to cut that short as well. Um, and then when it came to the whole, like, Stargirl thing, when they premiered that, I, I think they also premiered that on the CW as well. So, you know, even the exclusive content that the DC Universe app was getting wasn't entirely exclusive. You know, other than Young Justice and, like, Harley Quinn and Titans, a lot of what D the DCU app was doing was just reusing old stuff and then putting its new stuff on other uh, media platforms. And that, I guess, is sort of like... I guess the DCU app wasn't doing as well um, as they probably wanted to do. The fact that they had to shell out certain shows to different streaming services. You know, that sucks. <laughs> that's really... That's sad, honestly. Um, it stinks, too, because... You know, the reason I got the DC Universe app wasn't just for, like, the new content. It was because literally, like, 
DC Comics, Warner Brothers, their entire backlog of animated shows is on that app. Static Shock, Teen Titans, Batman, Brave and the Bull, Justice League, you know, all their animated movie stuff was on there. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot, like, off the top of my head, the only, like, Batman animated movie that wasn't on the DC Universe app might have been, like, Batman TMNT, and that's because that's, like, a crossover with the Ninja Turtles. Like, that's, that's it. Um, and, like, they just, I think they hosted that, uh, that DC, what'd they call it? What'd they call it? The, the Fandom? I, I think they might have hosted that. Something or other. Um, this, again, this is super upsetting for me, because, like, I don't want to have to... So, again, like, the, the, the DC Universe's new plan is to just become a comic book app, which already exists. I don't know if it's still out there, but there's already a DC Comics app just for reading comics. I don't know if it's still in the App Store, but I remember I used to have it, um, I used to read DC Comics on my iPad, and that was the way I did it, and then, you know, this app comes out, and it's like, okay, it's basically doing the same thing, but it also does DC shows, so I picked that up, and now they're, like, going back to basis, or basics, I guess, with, uh, oh, man, that really sucks. That really sucks, because, like, I don't want to get HBO Max. And, like, there's also, like, news uh, a while back, a real while back, actually, before all the, the corona stuff. It was rumored that there was going to be a Green Lantern show for HBO Max as well. So it, it just seems like HBO Max is becoming the hub for DC animation and, and television shows. Um, which, again, like, really stinks. I guess if I canceled the DC Universe app, that money could go towards HBO Max. And I know that that might be even better, especially if HBO Max carries all the stuff that DCU already had. Because then you, you get everything from DCU as well as whatever the heck HBO Max has. I'm not going to be watching Game of Thrones or anything, but I might watch that new uh, Watchmen show. I know it's not new anymore, but like I know that's been successful. And again, I know all the shows I do like are going over there. I don't know. I remember complaining about this when they announced the Green Lantern thing for HBO. And it's just frustrating, dude. I know I'm not the first or last person to say this, but I'm just getting real sick of all these streaming apps. I keep hearing commercials for Peacock, and I'm like, another one, okay. Peacock, and is, is Xpinia one of those? Am I thinking Xpinia, is that a thing? I feel like I've heard that too. Uh, it's, it's just too much, man. It's the The streaming wars are real. But, um... Yeah, that... I guess I'm gonna have to. Because I really like that Harley Quinn cartoon. And I really like Young Justice. So, I guess that's what I'm gonna do. I don't know. I thought about doing reviews on some of these shows. Especially Harley Quinn. Because that show... Like, when I say it's good, I don't just say it's good because, like, it's funny. Like, it's, like, really well written. The characters go through, like, actual change. It's like a... It's a way better show than I think it has any right to be, to put that bluntly. And then Young Justice, like, I have to follow that, you know? That's my that's my jam. That's my Young Justice jam. That's what they should have called the new season. The new season's going to be called Young Justice Phantoms. But no, call it Young Justice Jam. Put in obscure DC cam Comics character Jam, who basically has purple man powers. But he isn't purple, even though he should be purple because his name is Jam. Regardless, uh, fuck you, DC. Fuck you, HBO. The buy your stupid thing. And then if I, and then if I get HBO Max, I'm also gonna have to see ads for the Snyder Cut. And that's gonna make me blow chunks. But, I guess I'll burn that bridge when I come to it. But yeah, that's the, that's the news, guys. That's the, <laughs> that's the Depresso McNesso news right there for you. Everything I like is being moved over to something I don't want. <laughs> uh, 2020.
you know, I've never been a fan of the Transformers to any capacity, but, like, Transformers the movie, 1986, the theme song, Lion, that shit slaps. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about a Transformers movie. I, I know what you're probably thinking, Rafi, like, if you don't like Transformers, why have you bothered thinking of a, a quick pitch for a Transformers movie? Um, so, as much as, you know, I'm not a big fan of Transformers, I know a lot of people who are, um, I know uh, Seth is a big fan of them, and, like, they are very iconic, you know, <laughs> when I see a car that's yellow and black, I think Bumblebee, like, they're just, like, they're that part of the cultural zeitgeist, if I can use a big, stupid, fancy word, um, and those, those movies, those live-action movies, I... <laughs> They're very divisive. I think I think unless you're super into those movies, you probably don't like them. I remember getting headaches from those movies. Um, there's just so so much CG. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but they're such big, like they're such big movies. Like Michael Bay, just blew it out of the water with all of those movies in terms of how large in scale they are. How every battle feels like the the most hardcore battle you've ever seen um and they're unlike anything else you know if that's a compliment i can give those transformer live action movies um they're unlike anything else and like i don't know if they're over like they start like once they made a sequel to transformers um it it, it seemed like they would never stop and in a way they they, they kind of did and kind of didn't. So you have Transformers in 2007, uh, Revenge of the Fallen in 2009, Dark of the Moon in 2011, Age of Extinction in 2014. That one's funny because it it came out around the same time as Avengers Age of Ultron. And if I remember correctly, the original name for X-Men Apocalypse was X-Men Age of Apocalypse. So that would have been the year of age movies. Um, it was a lot of ages of a lot of things. And... The Last Night in 2017. And then in 2018, we got Bumblebee, which I guess is a reboot. It's also the shortest of those movies. Um, like, the, the previous five films were all over, like, uh, 130 minutes. Bumblebee is, like, 100 minutes, 113 minutes, which doesn't mean anything for me, but, like, it seems to fall in line. Like, one Transformer less time, okay. <laughs> I know there's probably more. I know I think Star Screams in that movie. I to put it in context, I think I've seen four of them. No, no, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Transformers. I've seen Revenge of the Fallen. I don't think I saw Dark of the Moon. Uh, but I did see Age of Extin Extinction because that one had uh, your boy Marky Mark Wahlberg in it. Um, haven't seen Bumblebee. Haven't seen The Last Night. Haven't seen. Uh, Dark of the Moon, which is just that Mulan song. Mulan song. Mulan song. So, oh my goodness, I can't speak. Um, it's funny that I've been podcasting for this long, and I still get tongue-tied. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, because I've been listening to some Transformers reviews, and, you know, I've been watching a YouTuber I follow very much uh, attentively, basically just watch all the Transformers movies and, and then just discuss them and how fucking wacky they are. And, again, wacky in the form of, like, there's so much going on. It's, it's like, super, um... There's too much stimuli in those Transformers battles. Um, a lot of metal scraping of sound effects, that sort of thing. Um, and, like, it's weird, because those, those Transformer movies have, like, weird agendas, too. Like, it's, like, nice cars... Giant robot battles, uh, pimping out the military for extra funds, uh, beer, and babes. Like, the, that's what the Transformers movies are. Those are the five credences of every Transformers movie. Um, maybe except for Bumblebee. I, again, haven't seen it. Supposedly it's different. Supposedly it's a reboot. Um, I will say, in preparation for this, I'm not considering Bumblebee because it's a reboot. Essentially, the Transformers movie I would pitch would be, like, the end of the Bay movies. 
Because if I remember right, the last night ended with Optimus Prime taking a sword and flying into space. I, I don't... <laughs> Again, that's what I remember the ending was, watching reviews of it and stuff. I don't know what they're going to do next, but, like, I don't think Michael Bay is going to stop <laughs> because of the money that those movies make. Um, and because, like, I think, I think that's Universal's cash cow. I can't think of any other, like, series by Universal that brings in as much money as Transformers, you know, time and time again. So... My pitch would be, again, you get Michael Bay's director, whatever. Um, <laughs> man, the the writing team has changed on all of these. Um, but you get Michael Bay back, your baby back ribs, Michael baby back ribs. Um, you get him, you tell him, all right, Michael Bay, it's your last movie. It's called Transformers New Cybertron. That's what we're calling it. And it's like, basically... <laughs> Because because we're basically confirming that Bumblebee is a reboot, and that Bumblebee is like the new start to a new um, Transformers movie universe, I kind of want the sixth movie to be the one that ends the Bay double trilogy. Uh, Six-trilogy? I don't know what the word would be. But literally just, it's an apocalypse movie with Transformers. Like... You can have it take place 10, 20, 30 years after the last night. Have it be a perfect representation of 2020 and just have the world be in ruins. <laughs> um, or or it's like the like halfway through the war for like Earth's, uh, what is it, survival, I guess would be the right word for it. Um, and again, since it's like the last thing... Just throw the G.I. Joe people in there. I don't know. Just cross over some stuff. Um, but again, the, the real solid idea of this is the Earth is halfway through being taken over by the, the Decepticons. Um, Megatron is back again because you can't stop him. Um, please let Megatron turn into a giant gun. That would make me very happy. Uh, <laughs> I don't... Again... I'm not a, I'm not a Transformers fan. I don't know a lot of the Transformers, but like Megatron, Starscream, uh, Soundwave, you know, whoever else. Again, I'm sure most of these people were like killed in some of the past movies. Um, but you can bring them back. Who cares? They're, they're robots. Or you can bring back like characters that look close enough like them. Like instead of Starscream. Um, Sky Rip or something. I just whatever. Make up whatever. I don't care. Um, but the Decepticons are are starting to take over the world, and maybe like the Autobots are just losing because like Optimus is gone, and for some reason there's just way more Decepticons than Autobots. Again, the war has been going for a while, so maybe some robots, some Autobots have died along the way, and like this is the big thing. So maybe the the resistance group is literally just like Bumblebee and like two other people. Bumblebee, RC, and someone else. Again, I'm not uh, whoever whoever was um, Optimus's replacement in that one animated movie. Um, I'm not even gonna look it up. I have to I have to resist looking up Transformers names because there's so goddamn many of them. Because believe it or not, these are just giant toys. Um, But yeah, what you do is, the Resistance group is like Bumblebee and two other Transformers, and like the humans that we've come to know, I guess. Like, if you can get Shia LaBeouf back, get him. Get Mark Wahlberg. Get, um... <laughs> Again, I have to look at, like, these, these casts, kind of. I don't think they could get, um, What's-Her-Face. Uh... Oh my god, I should, I should just go to where, like, the actors are. Hold on. Uh... Yeah, get Shia LaBeouf. If you can, I don't think they can get Megan Fox because of the controversy with her and uh, uh, Michael Bay. Uh... Get, uh, get Carly Spencer, who is played by Rosie... The, the blonde girl that replaced uh, Megan Fox in the third one. Get her. Get, uh... 
See, okay, that's that's the other thing. Let me, let me, I have to resist getting too deep into Transformers lore. And, and not even lore, just what the movies are. Get your your main character, Shia LaBeouf, Mark Wahlberg, um, his blonde girl from the, from his blonde girl from, from the, girlfriend from the third movie. Um, I think that I get the main female, uh, like the lead female actress from the, the last night, because I know she's a big deal too. Like, get a bunch of your main character, like your main human characters, get like Bumblebee and two other Transformers, and get like a bunch of the weird side characters. Like I remember in like the first one, there was like a, a heavy set African American like college guy who was like a hacker or something. He's the guy who was from like Kangaroo Jack. Um, get the I think it was like a, a a reporter played by the blonde girl from Jessica Jones. You can get her. Like in these movies, these Transformer movies have so many human characters that are just there. Like get a bunch of them on this resistance group, and you if you can't do that, right, if you can't get a lot of these people back, like, name drop them. Say that Sam Wickwicky was, like, one of the first of the human resistant to, like, drop or something. But, like, the main goal is to kind of bring everything from the past movies together, remind people of these other, like, make it, like, the Avengers of the Transformers movies in terms of human actors. Because in terms of Transformers... The, the children and the fans of the series are going to recognize, you know, oh shit, that's Laser Break, oh shit, that's Skywarp, that's Prowl. Like, they'll recognize the toys. But, like, the human characters that have shown up throughout these movies, like, when they show up, you're going to have people be like, oh fuck, is that like, <laughs> is that the general from the first movie? Or, like, is that like a... Mark Wahlberg's daughter from, like, the fourth movie. Like, don't be afraid to get your human characters together. Because, like, the most fanfare you're gonna get is, oh, man, isn't that that character from that last movie back then? You know? And literally, the threat is just, like... The threat is, like, not instant. It's not like a laser cannon that's gonna shoot from the sky. It's not an evil robot goddess who's gonna take over the planet. It's literally just, like, the Decepticons are winning. They're getting their way... There's no all-spark, there's no giant generator to blow up. Literally, it's just a war, and the bad guys are winning. And maybe maybe there is a solution. Like, the, the reason the movie's called New Cybertron is because that's what Mega, Megatron's goal is. And this would be a good chance to flesh out Megatron a little bit more, because I know in the comics and stuff, they've tried to make Megatron a bit more of an understa underst understandable villain in terms of why he's trying to, like, take over and why he wanted to take over Cybertron and stuff. Um make him a bit more understandable, um, both in his motives and how he, how he sounds. Um, but maybe the goal is to reach out for other Autobots. Like, obviously, someone, maybe Sam, maybe um, Mark Wahlberg's character, someone would have to be like, we need Optimus, like, he can lead us towards victory. And maybe you play it off like, dude, we're not going to get Optimus Prime back, he's gone. Like, have... Basically, one person's goal of getting Optimus be not the clear goal. Like, the clear goal is maybe to send out a help signal towards the entire galaxy. Like, hoping if we can't get Autobots, we can at least get some other invading force to take out the Decepticons. Like, just something so that there is a moment for the human resistance to kind of get their shit together and fight back. Because this many Transformers movies in, you would think they have technology to repel Transformers. I think they do in those movies. But, like, some sort of weapon, some sort of device that maybe locks a Transformer in its, like, vehicle form. That could be, like, kind of neat. That would save some sort of cost on expenses. Um, you know, have them have the weapons necessary to defeat the Decepticons, but they don't have the forces required to make a difference in the war. And their goal is to get to a location, get another device, use that device to send out a help signal, and kind of just bunker down and hope that they get help, even if it takes forever, even if they lose people along the way. Like, the goal of these human characters isn't to win the war, and it's not all of, like for all of them to survive. Maybe in this movie you kill off Sam Witwicky. Maybe in this movie you kill off Mike, um, Mark Wahlberg. Like, the goal isn't their survival, but it's survival of Earth. It, the goal is to 
at least give them a chance against the Decepticons. And, again, if the Autobots come and help, that's good. Sorry. That... That is my phone. Um, the goal is to just, like, get the message out there and hopefully get help. And, again, that alternative goal for the good guys is maybe Optimus Prime is out there. Maybe he can help. And if he does come down, if you do have Optimus show up, it's not like the war is over. Like, he's a big muscle. He'll definitely help. He probably has, like, some better ideas of what to do next. He's got that sweet sword from the last movie. Um, maybe even bring back the, the robot dinosaurs. I don't know where they went. I think they flew off, too. I can't remember. Um, but, like, at least Optimus can lead and unite forces and make the battle easier. Um... And again, like, the the end point of the movie would just be, like, maybe just get rid of all Transformers? I, I don't know. I, I didn't think of, like, how it would end. I know I'd want it to end in a place where we can be done with the Bay movies, and then the Transformers movies can just continue on from Bumblebee and be a new take, a, a, you know, a different take on the Transformers in live action. But... You would end the Bay movies with this kind of place of there's no more Transformers, that mankind will rebuild, and you know maybe you put in some alternate hope. Maybe Transformers continue existing on Earth, but it's like from the ground up. Like they're rebuilt as like helpers. Like instead of Bumblebee being completely rebuilt, he's rebuilt as like an RC car. Or he's rebuilt in sort of a, a R2-D2 sort of way, where he's more like, where he's smaller, and he's more of an assistant, you know? Like, that would be a really cool ending. Like, at the very end, maybe you show, Mark, like, Mark Wahlberg, he's fought in this war, maybe he lost an arm, I don't know. And, you know, when peace is being restored to the world, and, and the war is over and all that, he just goes to work at a car mechanic place, and he asks for a wrench, and a very small, very, like, canister-shaped bumblebee hands him a wrench. You know, like, it's that simple. Um, and again, like, you get a send-off for the Bay movies. You get a big, another big bombastic fight scene with all these giant robots and everything. And I think you tell, an, like, a, like, the story I think everyone probably wants. Because, like, th the reason I never liked Transformers is because, like... They're only interesting to me when they're not on Earth. Because when they're on Earth, the humans are inconsequential. They never matter. You know, they're ants being stomped on. And, like, the sort of, like, what's the word? There's a phrase I'm thinking of here. Like, the natural direction for live-action Transformers movies to go in is robots versus humans. Humans are on the losing side the machines will definitely take over the world. You know, like, my mind goes to, like, it's going to be an apocalypse. Humans are just in the way. They're collateral. And the only way it's going to stop is if the humans fight back or if the robots decide that they don't want to fight anymore. And, you know, maybe that's another subplot to this new Cybertron movie. Maybe there's a, a, a regime of humans who are just like, oh, yeah, we're going to just work for the Decepticons. Like, we know that Decepticons are stronger than us, but we also know that the Decepticons can't get to places that humans can get into because we're small. And because we're organic and machines don't, like, mess with us in the same way they mess with the Decepticons. So, again, if you want to put in some human fight scenes, which, again, would save some money, like, have the Decepticons have their own group of, like, a human militia. People who are, like, I would rather, like grease Megatron's wheels for the rest of my life than die in a war I never wanted to get into. Like, that would be really interesting. That would add some, like, some different shades of gray to this war movie. To have humans who are like, I will gladly kill another person than, like, lose my home to a giant robot again. You know? Even have someone who's like, yeah, my kid died in, like, Transformers 3 during the big war. Like, this subset of, of people aren't just doing this because they're afraid. They're doing it because they want the fights to end because too many people have died along the way. Like, if you're going to do these big grand-scale battles, it would be really mature and really, like, insightful 
to acknowledge the repercussions from every Transformers movie. You know, maybe some people on the evil human team are just like, the robots, you know, they're killing the Earth. But, you know, it, if we stop all the violence, at least we have a chance to regrow the Earth and, and reestablish it, maybe, you know? Um, and that could be a big turning point later when the Decepticons are like, oh, no, we're going to turn the whole planet into a machine. Like, that's the long-term goal. And then you have those evil humans being like, oh, so we're just all going to die off anyway. You won't even keep us as slaves? Fuck that. We're joining the Resistance group. Um, I just think that's a really cool story. Not just for a movie, but, like, you could do a fucking comic book that way. You could do a new show that way and just have, like, characters based off the movie characters. But ultimately, my quick pitch for a Transformers live-action movie is Michael Bay's last movie, Transformers New Cybertron, unite all the human characters from the past movies, um, have the Decepticons almost win, have, you know, different factions of humans with their own different agendas, and just, like, reach that ultimatum, like, reach that final point of this, this is what happens when Transformers fight on Earth. It, like, Earth becomes not only a battleground, but it becomes, like, a, a gambling chip in the entire battle. And I think that's a really cool idea. I forgot, I think it was like Hercules or something like that was fighting a bear. Right? Like saying he yes. grabbed it by the tail and <laughs> swung it around like, yeah. dropping a and flung it, but actually ripped the tail. Oh, so the tail ripped so it every bear after that has a... Yeah. I like with Greek myth, they're like, yeah, there's one bear. <laughs> yeah, there's just one bear. And now all of them are fucked. Like, Let's talk about bears. <laughs> so... If you don't, you know, if you know me personally, you might know I'm quite a fan of uh, the bear, the animal, not the sports team. I don't know what the bears are. I think they're like baseball or something. But I, I like bears. I think bears are cool. I'm just, you know, getting that out of the way right now. Uh, I want to talk about a Marvel character called Grizzly. Now... The grizzly I'm familiar with is this character, is this guy named uh, Maxwell Markham. Uh, he's a human. He first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number 139 in 1974, because, of course, he's a Spider-Man villain. Um, the grizzly is a man in a bear suit, but the bear suit is like an exoskeleton, which gives him super strength. Um... But in my research regarding Grizzly, I found that he wasn't the only man to call himself the Grizzly. As it would happen, there are four people in the Marvel Universe who have based themselves off of Grizzly Bears. So we're just going to go down the line in this week's Weekly Z-Lister. Uh, so the original Grizzly was a guy named Ace Fenton. And he was invented in 1964 by Stan Lee and Dick Ayers. Um, so, okay, here's here's the thing, right? Here's the funny thing. So you would so Ace Fenton came out uh, in a book called Rawhide Kid, which was an, a Western book. It was about like Western heroes uh, who did Western things. Um, Rawhide Kid and his buddy Two Gun Kid, who had two guns. Uh, <laughs> They came to blows with this person called the Grizzly, who ran around in a bear suit, but the bear suit was also steel-lined, so it was bulletproof. He was in a bulletproof bear costume, uh, and he would, like, rob trains and stuff. Eventually, uh, the kids, as it were, cornered Grizzly, found out who he was, um, and basically just got to him before he could get inside of his costume, and unfortunately, like, I say unfortunately because, like, it's the Old West. This was a dude dressed as a metal bear. Uh, Ace Fenton was not killed. He was just arrested. <laughs> um, and never seen again. So he's the most, he's the prime example of what a Z-lister is. So that was the first Grizzly, right? Whatever. He's an Old West robber who dressed as a metal bear. As you, as you are wont to do. Uh, there was another Grizzly who actually isn't even based off a bear. What the fuck? Um, 
His name is not revealed, but he showed up in Captain America number 120 from 1969. So only like five years after. Also created by Stan Lee, uh, Gene Colan, and Joe Sinat. So, oh, his only alias is Agent R1. So let's see. Uh, he's an agent of AIM, which is Advanced Idea Mechanics. It's just one of the many evil teams in Marvel. Um, it looks like this Grizzly, it was just like a a dude with shaggy hair, which is why they called him Grizzly. Um, it looks like he worked for MODOK, who's getting a bit of a resurgence right now. He's in that Avengers game, and I think he's getting a, a cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Um... But it doesn't look like this guy was anything important. He was caught in a helicopter crash, so we don't know if he's dead or not. But again, like, he appeared in one issue, had a conversation with MODOK, and, like, shot at Captain America with a laser gun. That's it. So, so far, two for two. These Grizzlies aren't doing so well. <laughs> but the next Grizzly is the one we were talking about earlier. Um, Max Markham. Spider-Man, uh, sorry, Amazing Spider-Man number 139 from 1974. Uh, this is the Grizzly I'm most familiar with. Uh, on the panel biter, we have an episode uh, where I discuss, I think it's the 2017 run of Ant-Man. Um, and that run is really great. I love that one. Uh, Grizzly shows up in that book attacking Ant-Man, but he, he mistakes Ant-Man, he mistakes Scott Lang for another Ant-Man that fucked him over in a previous story. So, like, Grizzly somehow has a beef with multiple Ant-Men. Like, there's a picnic joke there somewhere. Um, but in that book, he ends up, like, being employed by Scott Lang. So if you want to know more about that, go listen to that podcast. It's pretty great. Um, let's see. I think he's, like, a... Re yeah, he was a professional... <laughs> he was a professional wrestler who went by the name Grizzly. Uh, I'm just going to read this verbatim, because I feel like just the fact that this is a real thing in comics might be enough to make it funny. Uh, his violent actions brought him to the attention of J. Jonah Jameson, whose articles got Maxwell expelled from wrestling. Thanks, Jameson. Um, ten years later, he met with the Jackal. Uh, if you don't know who the Jackal is, go watch our Clone Saga episode. Literally the worst Spider-Man villain ever. Who gave him a grizzly bear suit and an exoskeleton harness that amplified his strength and durability. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this real quick because I think Seth and David need to know that two of their favorite characters are related. So just just give me a moment. Okay, now that that's taken care of and my friends are notified that the jackal gave Grizzly his bear suit. He uses his harness to attack the Daily Bugle in an attempt to get revenge against Jameson by ruining his wrestling career, but Spider-Man defeats him. The Grizzly then attempted to defeat Spider-Man alongside the Jackal, but was defeated again by Spider-Man and went to jail. So, like, I like Grizzly a lot. It did not occur to me that, A, his back... He's not even, he doesn't even have beef with Spider-Man. Literally, he just has... A problem with J. Jonah Jameson. Because Jonathan wrote shit about his wrestling career. Like, by, by all intents and purposes, Grizzly is not an Ant-Man villain. He's not a Spider-Man villain. Grizzly is a J. Jonah Jameson villain. <laughs> um, oh my god. And then he fights Spider-Man, and then he goes to jail. And also, like, I also love that he's just related to the Jackal. I had no idea. Like, I... I that's hilarious. Um, let's see. He was also on a supervillain team called the League of Losers. Gee, oh, sorry, the Legion of Losers. Losers. Sorry, um, with Gibbon, who's a monkey man, the Spot, who's got Spot powers, and the Kangaroo. That seems like a missed opportunity to just have them all be animal people. Um, Let's see. I'm just I'm just looking at like the high points of his life. Let's see what else did he do? What else? He got punched out by a guy named Star Fox. That's pretty funny. 
uh, I, I knew he was a, like a, a, was he not in, so there was like a story somewhere of like a superhuman wrestling league, I guess he wasn't part of that. Oh shit, he was on the Thunderbolts, um, so the Thunderbolts is like, at least at this era, was like Marvel's Suicide Squad, it was organized by Norman Osborn, and Grizzly was put on the Thunderbolts, which is kind of funny, um, started wearing a coat that has a bear-shaped hood on it instead of a exoskeleton. That's a shame that they took him out of the costume for a little while. Um, by the way, throughout his history, he's lost the bear suit, obviously. Jackal gave him the original one. Tinkerer gave him a new one. Um, let's see. I know... Uh, we just talked about this person. Oh, I, I gotta talk about this in a moment. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Norman Osborn hooked him up with the coat. Hobgoblin gave him another skeleton. Um, oh, that's cool. He's in a superhero villain uh, anonymous group with Boomerang, Dr. Bong, Hippo, Looter, Mirage, and Porcupine. All characters who probably deserve their own segment on this show. Um, and then again, he showed up in... in uh, what do you call it? Showed up in the, the Scott Lang Ant-Man book. During Secret Empire, when Hydra rose to power, Grizzly and his budding machine smith quickly joined up with the army of evil. Oh, God, Grizzly. I guess, I guess he's not doing much now. So I want... I just mentioned... I just caught this, and I have to mention this. Um, Stephen Colbert, the comedian celebrity uh he has a fear of bears i guess the 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 <laughs> there is a paragraph on grizzly's wiki page that literally begins with stephen colbert's fear of bears is well known so the grizzly was the natural choice for a villain when colbert teamed up with spider-man as a storyline where stephen colbert is a a major candidate for the presidency in the fictional marvel universe okay um Never knew that your boy, Stephen Colbert, was almost president in the Marvel Universe. That is intense. And, like, he teamed up with Spider-Man and fought Grizzly. Grizzly is... is he, he, he went places. Between... Like, the fact that... The fact that Grizzly's wiki page includes J. Jonah Jameson, the Jackal... The Legion of Losers, uh, Stiltman, <laughs> um, he was part of a zoo of supervillains, cause fucking Craven the Hunter's son made a zoo of villains, what the fuck, um, Stephen Colbert, Norman Osborn, the, the fact that he's interacted with all these people, it, it makes me love Grizzly even more. Okay, so the Stephen Colbert thing. That's funny. What the fuck did Craven's son do? Also, I had no idea Craven had a son. Oh, he's the half brother. No, no, yeah, he's the son of Craven the Hunter. Okay, I read that right. <sighs> okay. So the son of Craven made a zoo made up of animal themed supervillains. Who was on that? Gargoyle, Tiger Shark, Kangaroo. Vulture. Poor Vulture. He's just an old man. Leave him alone. Mongoose, man bull, swarm, who's just a swarm of Nazi bees, and I'm not making that shit up. Mandrill, frogman, and rhino. And also grizzly. Wow, comics are, comics are dumb. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously the one I wanted to talk about was Maxwell Markham, because I'm familiar with him from the Ant-Man book. Um, and he's just a dude in a bear suit who's getting wrapped up in these supervillain zoos and attacking Jameson and shaking hands with Jackal while he punches Stephen Gobert. There's a lot going on there, understandably. But there's one more Grizzly. I didn't know about this one either. Uh, from X-Force number 8 in 1992, this man's name is Theodore Winchester. Um, and he is very different. He's the first of these... Well, not the first, because the, the AIM guy didn't wear a costume. But unlike Ace Fenton and Maxwell Markham, this 
dude doesn't wear a bear costume. He's just like all '90s characters. He he looks like the most '90s fucking character. Look up. Um, let's see if I can find him on Google. So there's like a there's a, a dependable thing here. X Force Grizzly. Because this dude looks like the most '90s fucking dude ever. Hold on. Hold on. The secret must come out. Let me see him. Uh, yep, he has got an action figure. <laughs> He's in, uh, what is this game? He's in X-Men Legends 2. He's got a trading card. Oh my god, why is, why is the 90s Grizzly the most popular one? Was he actually on X-Force? No, he wasn't. What the fuck? But he's, he's in all these photos of X-Force. Um, so Theodore Winchester, he has... He's got the gambit thing, where he's got long flowing hair, but he's also wearing a mask. Um, he's ripped as all hell. He's got bands and like, like, like wrist straps all over him. There's multiple photos of him firing a gun or holding an axe. Uh, he's rippling with muscles. Holy shit, dude! Who, who the heck is '90s Grizzly? This dude's intense. Oh, he was part of... Oh, he was part of, like, the Wild Pack? He was part of Cable's... He was a friend of Cable, believe it or not. Oh, my God. Is he... Yeah, he's a mutant. What's his power? Superhuman strength, speed, senses, uh, razor sharp fangs, use of conventional fire... That's not a mutant power. Okay, so he's basically Wolverine without the claws and without the healing factor. I guess he's more like Sabretooth. He's more like Sabretooth. Um, what the fuck? Theodore Winchester was one of the members of Cable's mercenary group, uh, participated in the Wild Packs raid on the Hydra base. Grizzly also participated in the Wild Packs mission in Iran. Wonder how that went. Uh, oh, so he's part of the Wild Pack. They had to change their name to the Six Pack because Silver Sable already had a group called Wild Pack. Oh, God. Participated in missions uh, in Afghanistan and Uruguay. Uh, years later, after the team broke apart, he joined Weapon Prime, a group created to capture Cable. Oh no, his best friend. Um, Grizzly was defeated by Warpath. Probably because Warpath literally has everything Grizzly can do, but he's like cooler and more important. <laughs> um, Grizzly left the team. Uh, then teamed up with Domino in her search for X-Force. Grizzly is then reunited in fellow Amber Hammer. Uh, captured, oh, they captured Vanessa, which is, uh, what is it? Deadpool's girlfriend. Um, he be okay, sometime later he became a serial killer while under the control of Genesis, Cable's son. Shoot, I didn't know Cable had a son, that's neat. Um, fuck Grizzly, she was forced to kill him. Oh no, 90... Oh. oh, but he reappeared in the Deadpool Cable book. Oh my god. Oh, 90s Grizzly's dead, guys. Oh, he had such a good run, though. Being extreme and probably drawn by Rob Liefeld. Oh my god, his skin is so red. Why is his skin red? He looks like fucking Hellboy. Why is his skin red? I guess he's kind of hairy. He doesn't even look like a bear. Maybe he means grizzly in more of the, like, aggressive wordplay. Oh my god, this dude is so fucking 90s. I never knew about that. I, the only grizzly I knew about was the one in the fucking bear costume. And even with him, I had no idea he was buddies with Jackal. And Stephen Colbert was afraid of him. I had no idea that Grizzly was the the Lex Luthor to Stephen Colbert's Superman. Or I guess the Green Goblin to his Spider-Man, which is probably more appropriate. These characters are fucking silly, dude. Like, Wild West Bear, whatever. AIM Operative, whatever. But, like, shoot, any of the book starring Bear Suit Grizzly and 90s Grizzly. Yep, sure enough. Okay, <laughs> I missed it before. 90s Grizzly was created by Fabian Narkenza and Rob Liefeld, the creators of Cable and Deadpool and so such. That's fucking funny. And it was X-Force number 8, so he's like a really early character in the X-Force run. 
Because that was, like, the first X-Force book, so, like, god damn it. I, I'm, like, mad, but also so happy. Oh, my goodness. Grizzly. Uh, has he done anything? Okay, he was in Ultimate Spider-Man. The bear suit one was in Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon. And then in video games, the 90s Grizzly was in X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse. Was he playable? I don't... Oh, he was the... Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, so in X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse, which I think was probably like fucking GameCube? No, it was for a bunch of things. Um, in X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse, Theodore Winchester, so 90s Grizzly, is the first boss of the game. He's working for Apocalypse because he's allowed to go crazy and kill people. Jean Grey believes him to be controlled, but Grizzly refuses to let himself be helped. He has special dialogue with Iceman and Jean Grey. That's funny. It's funny that, like, between all of these Grizzlies, you know, bear suit guy included, clearly the most popular one was the X-Men one, because he, he's related to the X-Men, so of course he's popular. But it's hilarious that his biggest claim to fame was being the first boss in the sequel to X-Men Legends, which is, like, an okay game. Wow. That's Grizzly, everybody. That is the storied history of the Grizzly mantle. Um, I promise if I ever write for Marvel Comics, I will give Grizzly his due justice. I will create an entirely new Grizzly character who takes from all the best qualities of Max Markham and uh, Theodore Winchester. Why the fuck is 90s Grizzly so 90s intense? But he's got the first name Theodore. I guess we'll never know, because no one ever thought to ask. <laughs> that's Grizzly. So that's today's show, guys. Uh, thanks for following along with me. We talked about how much I hate HBO, and how much the Transformers movies give me headaches, uh, and how Grizzly is the second coming of Christ. And I'm glad that we, you know, just had this time to hash it out with all these fun and interesting characters. Um... Join me next week when we talk about blank, and also blank. And don't forget, the next weekly Zealister, uh, blank. So, uh, thank you for following. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or on YouTube. And I'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, yeah, enjoy the year 2020, as all of us have. <sighs>